Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Oh, baby. Oh, what a crying shame. Addition, as the Bengals lose on a walk-off field goal for the third time in the first five weeks, falling in Baltimore 19-17. to Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, post-game comments from players and coaches, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know Bengals tight end Mitch Wilcox. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Stat Guys. I try not to bombard the listener with a bunch of numbers during the broadcast, but I think a great stat at just the right time really adds something. For example, when Justin Tucker kicked a 58-yard field goal in the third quarter to give the Ravens a three-point lead, our Baltimore-based statistician, Brett Passell, immediately handed me a piece of paper pointing out that it was Tucker's 73rd consecutive field goal in the second half for overtime without a miss. An amazing stat. At home games, our legendary statistician, Ben Jarvis, Brad Ellis, is constantly feeding us interesting info. So, thank you to all the great stat guys that help enrich our broadcasts. All that math they took in school did pay off. Now, let's get to radio replays from Sunday night's game in Baltimore. We pick it up about 90 seconds into the second quarter with the Ravens leading 3-0. It'll be an empty backfield for Lamar Jackson. He drops back to throw. Pocket closes. Now he throws. Caught by a wide-open Mark Andrews, and he will cruise into the end zone. Trey Flowers was nearby, but Mark Andrews somehow got tremendous separation, caught the football, and ran it in for the 11-yard TD. Vaughn Bell and Trey Flowers are talking it over. How the hell can you let Mark Andrews get that open in the red zone like that? Duvernay goes in motion. They fake it to him on an end around. Jackson guns it downfield. A high throw. Intercepted. Von Bell, who had two interceptions last week, comes away with another interception tonight. Two receivers left, one out to the right. Burrow drops back to throw. Bouncing in the pocket. Chucks it over the middle. Caught at the five by Hayden Hurst. Driving toward the end zone. Extends the ball. It's over. Touchdown. Bengals. A 19-yard strike. Joe Burrow to Hayden Hurst, who comes back to Baltimore and catches a touchdown pass. This is a 40-yard attempt from the left hash out of the hold of Kevin Huber. Rookie Cal Adam Midas will snap it back. The snap, the catch, the put down, the kick is up. It looks perfect, yes. and it is right down the middle to tie yes. the game at 10 with four seconds left in the half. Burrows under center, turns left, fakes to Mixon, sets up to throw. Fires over the middle, intercepted by Patrick Queen, his former college teammate, and he runs into the Cincinnati 47, where he gets tackled. This is going to be a 58-yard attempt. Stout is the holder. The ball is down, the kick is up, it has the distance, and it is good. G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Yep, and uh, I'll tell you what, Stout did what everybody was thinking. Just bowed to him, just bowed down to his greatness. 
The Bengals lining up to go for it on fourth and goal from the two. They trail by three. Empty backfield for Joe Burrow. He catches the shotgun snap, rolls left, shovel pass, incomplete. Well, they just shoveled it right into the middle of the Baltimore Ravens defense, and they were ready for it there. Man, that was a, that was a tough sequence. Didn't even try to run the football. First and goal at the two-yard line. Never tried a run play one snap. From 25 yards away, Tucker's kick is up. It is good. And Baltimore leads by six with 9.42 to go. Burrow under center, Mixon behind him. Mitch Wilcox goes in motion. Burrow runs a quarterback sneak. Wilcox yeah. pushes from behind. Here come the officials charging in. He's no in. signal yet. Yeah. There it is. Touchdown. Nice. Bengals. Burrow spikes the ball in the back of the end zone. The Bengals have tied it and can take the lead on an extra point with 1.53 to go. Justin Tucker will try to win the game. Straight away, the ball's right in the middle of the field. A 43-yard try. He normally makes these in his sleep. We'll see. To win the game with three seconds to go. Tucker is ready. The snap, the put down, the kick. Baltimore wins. Absolutely perfect by Justin Tucker. The Bengals score a touchdown with 1.58 to go. But Lamar Jackson answers, driving the ball to the Cincinnati 25 and setting up a 43-yard game-winning field goal for the best to ever do it, Justin Tucker. The Ravens are alone in first place. They have ended their five-game home losing streak. And they have defeated the Bengals tonight by the final score of 19-17. to 17. Before we get to post-game analysis, this podcast is brought to you in part by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. All right, let's get to the key sequence in the game that everybody is going to be talking about. Trailing by three with about three minutes to go in the third quarter, the Bengals passed up an easy field goal that would have tied the game and went for it on fourth and goal from the two. A shovel pass to Stanley Morgan failed. Here are Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor on the decision to go for it. Yeah, I think you have to right there. Uh, you know, if you get seven points, it really changes the game. Uh, so I think you have to. We felt good from the two, maybe any further. Uh, we would have just kicking it there, but... Um, you know, we, we felt comfortable with, with what we had called there. It obviously didn't work out. So, um, And I'm not going to say in hindsight you do it differently. Obviously, we, we see that that play didn't work, and so you'd run a different play. But um, the way that we managed the situation, I thought we'd go up 17 to 13 right there. And our defense is playing really good, keeping them out of the end zone, um, aside from the one that they had. And we, we find a way to go win. Then there are the play calls. On first and goal from the two, the Bengals threw an incomplete pass for Hayden Hurst. On second down, they tried the Philly special, where Tyler Boyd took a pitch on a reverse and was going to throw the ball to Joe Burrow, but got tackled for a 12-yard loss. A pass to Jamar Chase got those 12 yards back before the failed shovel pass on fourth down ended the drive. So, why no running plays from the two-yard line? It's a tough front. I mean, it's, it's a really tough structure of the front. Um, so we felt good about some of the stuff we, we call, obviously didn't work. We took a sack on a, on a specialty play um, and then just didn't quite uh, get it how we wanted to on the, on the shovel there on the fourth down play. But, 
uh, felt comfortable with with our package going in. It just uh, honestly, when it, when it doesn't work, it's you wish you would have done something different. Admittedly, hindsight is twenty twenty, but Joe Mixon carried fourteen times for seventy eight yards. That's five point six yards per carry. He was asked after the game about not getting the ball that close to the goal line. Um, I mean, whatever is called, that's on him. I mean, I'm just playing the cards that's dealt, doing my job, and everybody else just, you know, come through to execute. Do you think your success today will kind of help prove them that you guys should try, test those fronts a little more maybe? I don't know. I mean, like I said, our players, we doing everything, playing all the cards that's dealt to us, and uh, we just got to keep on digging in, getting better, and um, we're going to hopefully get better and deliver. The good news, the running game was better. The Bengals ran for 101 yards and averaged 4.8 yards per carry. The bad news is that Cincinnati is 2-3. and three. Here are final thoughts from Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and Joe Mixon. It's just frustrating to lose. Um, it doesn't matter how it shakes out. You know, there, there's games that the offense may score a lot of points and, and we need to pick the defense up and vice versa. And um, again, we knew this is a tough team. This is a tough environment. This is going to be a tough, tough test to come in here and get a win. We were close, but but not close enough. And and we just have to learn from the things that each guy can do a little bit better, that I can do better, and and uh, be able to rebound next week. Tough loss. It's frustrating, but uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. So we're not we're not going to panic. Obviously, 0-2 in the division is not ideal. Uh, but like I said, a lot of football to be played. Still going on a run here before the bye, and still got everything in front of us. Man, it's the NFL. It's hard to win up here, and um, you know that's a hell of a team that we play. And we're a hell of a team as well. We're going to get better. We just got to keep on building, coming to work, and uh, having the attitude that we got to attack the week, get better, and, um, you know, keep on playing. It's a long season. We got everything that we want ahead of us. We, we let one slip tonight, but we're going to keep on building, getting better. Looking back, the Bengals lost to the Steelers by missing an extra point at the end of regulation and a field goal in overtime. They rallied to tie the Cowboys in the fourth quarter and got the ball with 2.13 to go. But the offense went three and out, and Dallas beat them with a 50-yard field goal. Now, a similar heartbreaker in Baltimore. I talked to Jesse Bates about it after the game. I'm sure it's got to be frustrating. All three losses have been on a game-ending field goal. It's about as close as it can possibly be. Right, yeah. Um, that's just how this league is. Um, you know, the margin of error is really small. Usually these games come down to, you know, last second uh, situational type of uh, plays and uh, we're, we're just on the other side tonight. On the final drive knowing that they have Justin Tucker and his range is you know, literally the greatest in NFL history does that impact how you try to defend that? Yeah um, you know we had a conversation before we went on the field that all they needed was 20 to 30 yards um, due to the kicker that they had so um you know, they got more than 30 yards. So something that we got to, uh, you know, discuss as a defense. Uh, a couple of times, you know, these two losses, two of the three losses, I think, um, has came down to, um, you know, the defense being on the field last second. So uh, we got to find a way to just, you know, get off the field. Um, you know, I know it's, it's tough. It's hard in this league uh, with these, you know, great athletes. You know, you got Lamar who um, who kept the ball a couple of times. And, kind of hard to do that um you know when you got the cover on the back end as well so uh, like I said it's we're, we're doing a lot of good things um unfortunately our, our record is two and three uh we got a lot of football to play 
Um, there's a lot of still a lot of belief in this locker room. Can you describe what, how difficult it is to tackle Lamar? I mean, you've got him sized up. The fundamentals are good, and he just wiggles and slip is slippery, and it's just hard to get him down. Yeah, I think we did a really good job with you know keeping him bottled in um, compared to the other years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's you know one of the you know the best athletes that this NFL league has ever seen, and um, for him to be the quarterback and be able to touch the ball every single play, I think. Um, it just, I mean, you can't can't do much about it sometimes. But uh, like I said, it's early in the season. Um, excited for whatever the 12, 10 weeks, whatever we got left. Uh, we're going to take it one week at a time and uh, get this thing rolling. I know you guys uh, put a lot of attention on Mark Andrews, and he was able to get open on that the one touchdown catch. Just a good player making a play or a little miscommunication there? Or what happened? Um, you know, I think it was a little bit of – um, miscommunication a little bit um, on third down. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, you know, we can't can't leave one of the best players wide open um, in that type of situation. But uh, other than that, like I said, I think we settled down, and um, I think we've given up three touchdowns out on the season. So we got to continue to do that, um, continue to limit on the errors. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Jesse. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Before we get to analysis from Dave Lapham, here's a quick reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, time for the Radio Guys Recap. Lap, the Bengals are two and three, all three losses on field goals at the gun. Chris Boswell, 53 yards in the first loss. Brett Maher, 50 yards in the second loss. Justin Tucker, 43 yards in this loss. Those games, it's been like instant replay. Slow start, fight back, wind up losing. Absolutely. I mean, slow start is, uh, you know, the real big common denominator, you know, in my mind. Although, you know, in this one, it boiled down to, you know, the, the, the 15 play, 73 yard uh, drive, eight minutes plus off the clock and get no points. I mean, that was crushing. And, um, you know, first and goal at the two yard line, you got to you got to figure out a way to score a touchdown in that because there weren't many touchdowns being scored. <laughs> uh, each team was uh, deficient in that regard, obviously. So when you had a chance to get one, you had to get it and they didn't. First and goal from the two, first pass incomplete, first play incomplete pass for Hayden Hurst. Philly special loses 13. They get 13 back on a pass to Jamar Chase, and then the shovel pass to Stanley Morgan doesn't work. You made it clear on the broadcast you would have liked to have seen at least a run during that sequence. I mean, I, uh, I would have loved to have seen him just get up on the center and, and run the football. On the game, they averaged 4.8 a carry on 21 attempts. Joe Mixon averaged 5.6, P. Ryan averaged 5.7. I mean, between the two of them, they had 17 rushes for 95 yards. Um, I would have liked to have seen at least one time hand it off to one of them and see if he can smash it in there from the two-yard line some way, shape, or form. But, you know, the the Philly special, uh, Baltimore was all over that. They weren't fooled whatsoever by that one and in hindsight if it could have been just thrown away and saved those yards that would have that would have worked out well as well but that's uh that's life in the in in this division there's no doubt and 
the uh, number of possessions was kind of kind of intriguing too. I mean, in the second half, um, the Bengals had three possessions in the second half, and Baltimore had four. I mean, you know, you were going on long drive after long drive. The Bengals had a 15 and a, a 13 play drive. Uh, the Ravens had a 15 play drive themselves, and then a seven play 45 yard drive for the field goal. Once teams got the ball in the second half, they weren't giving it up. It was crazy. What changed in the running game? Why did it work so much better after the first four series? Uh, I, th- I think, you know, just going north and south a little bit, um, more more gap blocking um, looks, pulling linemen for traps and that sort of thing. Um, instead of r- right right now, the stretch running game is not not operating at a very good efficiency. So, you know, make the adjustment and um, go to gap blocking and. You know, pin and pull if you want to try to get to the outside instead of stretch. Um, and I think both Piran and Mixon have shown that they're, you know, they're pretty good squaring their pads up and shoulder pads up and going north and south a little bit. Defense held Baltimore to 19 points at home. You can't ask for really anything more than that, can you? I mean, I don't. I, I thought, I thought they played decent football from start to finish. I really did. You know, I mean, um, that's Baltimore's lowest scoring game of the season. And it's here at home, but just uh, obviously, you know, when you only tally 17 yourself, it's not, it's not quite good enough. Um, too bad it came down. If there just could have been one more play made on that last drive, you know, to put, put icing on the cake and come, come out of it with a one-point victory, it would have been great, but not meant to be. Jesse Bates expressed frustration over the fact that he feels two times now the defense had the chance to close out a game. Dallas in this game and couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's the sign of a guy that's not going to point fingers and blame anybody but himself, you know, and, and, the, and the side of the football that he plays on. And that's, you know, that's that's Jesse Bates. That's a class act, you know, in every sense of the word. Um, but in, in games like this, you can, you can point to, to so many things that did come down to that. And you did have a lead and uh, couldn't couldn't hold on to it. But, boy, could have had a lot bigger lead. <laughs> There's no question about that. They're back to being a game out of first place in the AFC North. I guess the good news is Baltimore is the only team with a winning record right now. Yeah, I mean, and obviously you've shown that you can you can certainly play with them. The tough thing is, though, you're 0-2 in the division with a 2-3 with a and three mark. That's not, uh, that's not an ideal situation because that becomes a very uh, significant tiebreaker if it comes down to that. So... You, you want to get that. Uh, you want to get the division win as quickly as you possibly can at this point. Get some sleep. You do the same. The Bengals head to New Orleans to face the two and three Saints on Sunday. Andy Dalton has started the Saints' last two games at quarterback, while Jameis Winston deals with a sore back. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than twenty-nine thousand customers trust Paycor to help them recruit pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Finally, time for this week's Fun Facts interview, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some Fun Facts with Bengals tight end Mitch Wilcox from Tarpon Springs, Florida, not far from Tampa. So you're born and raised in the Sunshine State, but are you really an Ohio State fan, or were you an Ohio State fan growing up? Growing up, I was. Yeah, my dad went to Ohio State, and, you know, my whole family's from Ohio originally, so I uh, grew up being a Buckeye, but my mom went to Florida State, so, you know, Florida sports, and rooting for them too, but 
I was brainwashed a Buckeye <laughs> for sure. So I'm sure while you were playing at USF, your dad rooted for the Bulls. But now that you're in the NFL, has he gone back to being a Buckeyes guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he still roots for the Bulls, but, you know, his, his heart lies with Ohio State. <laughs> we're talking to Mitch Wilcox. You attended Tarpon Springs High School, which has one of the most unusual team nicknames I have ever heard. The Spongers. The Spongers? Explain the Spongers. So uh, Tarpon Springs has a, a very um, a, a huge Greek population, and um, the, the Spongers are the sponge divers that um, dive for the sponges, you know, and they, they've made a, you know, a touristy, you know, attraction to go see that. And um, at, at one point, I think it was the sponge capital of the world. So um, that kind of just morphed into... Um, the spongers and you know at one point it got like voted best mascot or something a long a while back but so people call us the sponges it's not quite the sponges the spongers so i'll get it right the spongers is the mascot a giant sponge the sponge divers we got a a a dive helmet and a, a spear gun so there we go all right we're doing fun facts with mitch wilcox i read that when you were young you slept with a basketball is that literally the case? I literally slept with a football and a basketball. I, I had like one in each arm, you know, just in case uh, a, a pickup game or a, a game broke out. So Worked out well for you. As I mentioned, you went to USF, the University of South Florida, which is there in Tampa. Did you want to stay close to home? Was that the key? Yeah, I think the, the uh, goal from early on was to stay close to home so my family and friends could come see me play and and the goal was to to play early and often as well usf was really good while you were there and you set all of the tight end records 100 catches in your career 11 touchdown catches two against the university of cincinnati i saw those what was the highlight of your usf experience on and off the field i would say just you know writing our own history as a team you know first um, first double-digit wins in school history uh, ever, you know, and just some of the connections that I've made with those players and coaches and just the, the games and the runs we went on was just it was great. Am I imagining things to, to recall that you always seem to have a great game against UC? I mean, that was, that was, uh, that was the goal to always have a great game, but uh, it seemed like, you know, my number was called UC Games, and there was some good battles against them every time. We're doing fun facts with Mitch Wilcox. So you finished this great career. You're one of the top tight ends in your class. You go to the Combine, and unfortunately, a terrible accident happened at the Combine. There was kind of a confusion in a passing drill. You got hit in the eye, a ruptured a, a blood vessel in your eye. How difficult was that? Yeah, my draft process was uh, not, not good at all. Um, you know, that was... That was a tough day, um, major setback. Uh, I didn't feel like I put my best foot forward at all. Uh, I didn't run well either. You know, I've, I know I'm a lot faster than what I ran before that happened, and then that happened, and I was basically doing the entire rest of the combine with one eye and concussed. Mm-hmm. So um, that did not help me at all, and uh, major setback. But you know, things work out for the for the the best and people who make the best out of what happens to them. You had a great high school and college career. Was that the first time that you ever dealt with a major setback like that? You know, unfortunately, I have had a few setbacks over my entire career. And, um, you know, that's that's something that's I've I've faced before. Um, 
So I feel as though I've, I was a little bit equipped to handle it, but still um, for a moment like that on, you know, a national stage with everyone watching, it was just, you know, absolute worst scenario. But um, I told myself I was going to, you know, pick myself back up and just keep grinding. And, and I knew that I knew what I was capable of, and I, and I always have known what I'm capable of, and that's I, I think I could play ball at a high level. We're chatting with Mitch Wilcox. So you didn't get drafted, but a lot of teams were interested in signing you after the draft, and you wound up signing with Cincinnati. Why the Bengals? Best opportunity, for sure. Um, you know, roots in Ohio and uh, best opportunity at hand, so we jumped on it right away. Any family still in Ohio? We have extended family uh, here and, you know, and then a bunch of family friends still. So um, a lot of family comes up for the games. So you spent your first year a couple of years ago on the practice squad, and then last year you wound up playing a significant role, particularly on special teams on a Super Bowl team. Describe your Super Bowl experience, being out on the field, running out of the tunnel in the biggest sporting event of them all. You know, it, it was absolutely surreal. Um, I think some of our teammates are, you know, still pinching themselves, you know, that we really did that last year and we really were, we really were there. But, um, you know, it's a moment I'll never forget. And, um, but even, even that, us losing puts even that much more um, fuel to the fire for us to, to get back there and win it. So um, we, we are focused on that. Who did you have in the stands at SoFi? Uh, I had um, ten of my family members there, and it was you know it was a great group, and um, was so thankful that I was able to share that moment with them, and you know something I'll never forget. All right, some wild card topics for the former Sponger, Mitchell Wilcox. Who's your all-time favorite athlete in any sport, and why? And not just because uh, I have Ohio roots, but I've always loved LeBron. Um, he's always been my favorite player uh, just because – or favorite athlete because he's um, just so dominant. He's been so dominant. And, um, and just the way he plays the game with his fire and, you know, just physicalness in any sport I think you can appreciate when someone's just out physically – physicaling someone, you know. <laughs> so Have you seen him in person? I've seen him play a couple times, but not, not too up close. But <laughs> But yeah, do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents? I'd like to say I'm pretty good at ping pong, but uh, other than that, not so much. I'll tell you what, you're, uh, if you are good in ping pong, it will certainly be shown in this locker room. There are two tables now and some really high level games going on. Yeah, yeah, we we get after it. I mean, we're standing like five or six feet back, just straight <laughs> spiking it, so um, it gets heated in there. All right, so good at ping pong. On the other side of things, what are you terrible at? <sighs> terrible? Uh, probably card games. You know, I always forget, like, just simple card games, and I'm just, like, bad at it, and I'm showing my hand or something, or, my, you know, I just forget the rules. You know, I feel like that's something I never really bought into. <laughs> All right, don't play for big money. That's my advice there. What do you like to spend your money on? Probably food. I'm kind of a foodie. Um, you know, I, I do actually do cook a lot myself, um, kind of develop that a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely a foodie and like to go out to some good dinners here and there. If you're trying to impress somebody, what's your go-to dish? 
probably just cook them a, a, a fantastic steak. I know how to do it it's a couple different ways, so um, probably probably a great steak. Can't go wrong there. All right, final question. This one's kind of deep. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, actor, politician, statesman, whoever it might be, who would that person be? Man, that's a tough one. If I could go back, I'd probably talk to Kobe and just pick his brain about just his mentality, have like a one-on-one conversation with Kobe and just pick his brain about what was his thoughts during this time or, you know, how did you approach a setback and what was his Mamba mentality towards things? That is an excellent answer. You are off the hot seat. I appreciate your time. Best of luck this week. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. By Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. And by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde. Thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.